The rolling vast ocean dances its vigorous tango. Tides crash and retreat from the terra. This world is engulfed in a deep blue blanket. And atop the stirring waves are souls who want to fill out the empty corners on the map. The vast and uncharted sea is calling all those who inhabit the land to explore and even sink into their slumbering quiet depths. The world of Floor is made of four main oceans that divide the world into cross-sections. Carex, Solanum, Ardisia, and Gallium. Our adventure takes place in the sea where the waters are barren and frosty, and they barely can be considered an ocean. The Ardisia Sea, specifically the continent known as Ixia. We start our adventure off, seeing an Aarakocra with no wings on his back, deep scars left in their place, standing in a wooden home on the outskirts of the kingdom of Lancifolium. While sweeping up the creaky floorboards, you pass by a frosted over and opaque window, and you see yourself. And would you like to describe your character? All right. Well, in the mirror, he sees himself. An Aragakra with dark gray, nearly black feathers. His hair, curly, and the color of the void. His face is soft, and he has glasses and a scar over his beak. And as you're standing there, just looking around this cabin, sweeping the floors up, You're in your safest space, though it's lacking the grandeur that you were once used to. The small circular table with four chairs is tucked into the corner closest to you, letting the soft blue light of the window pour across the room. The kitchen is a messy yet cozy nook. Pots and pans are scattered across the counter in unruly ways. To the right of the kitchen, There's a door to the library, and to the right of that door is your mother's bedroom. End up some shabby-looking stairs with a linear carpet on each step is your bedroom. Those steps have a plateau in the middle, and they dive straight down into the depths of your basement. And a paper is hanging solitarily on the rafters of the cabin. Hmm? Oh, let me see. Takes the note in his hand. As you take the note and hold it softly, you see a few chores written on the paper, along with a little note at the bottom. Clean the house, clear out the cauldrons with vials, and procure a smother leaf from the snowshield grove. I need it for a salve to soothe those aching wings of yours. And you also see a note that says, I'm away for a little bit, gathering uh, gathering something for a special guest that decided he was going to surprise us today. I'll be back in a few. Love you, Mom. And a little scribble of her giving a thumbs up. Oh, appreciate it. Well... Better take care of the rest since she's going to be busy for a bit. 
All right. Well, let's see. Is this right? Okay. Let me see. I'll go to the library first. As you meander over across the living room and open the wooden door that uh, bars entry to the library, you're met with a familiar and warm room, one that's brought you such endless comfort in your life. The walls are brimming with books of various sizes, shapes, and colors, the spines littered with text reading out endless variations of titles. In the middle of these two sprawling shelves, fireplace, though, right now, it ceased its crackling. Carpet lines the floor of the library, and set atop it are two chairs and a middle table. Books are stacked up high on both sides, but on your side, the, stacks, the stack is a little higher. And there are even some books that are scattered around the floor of your chair. Hmm, what are these doing over here? Okay, let me uh, pick these up first. As you pick up the books that were kind of scattered around the floor messily, the ones that you remember having an interest in is the World Atlas, the Seldenwin Government, and the Fallen Kingdom of Decidius. Titles on these are interesting. Surely I have to read them at some point, but... And... No, I can't be. No, I can't be distracted. But it wouldn't hurt to take a little peek at one of them. Let's see. This one, that one. Oh boy. Okay. Um. Let's see. I like the look of this one. And he picks out the atlas book. As you crack open the world atlas, this book with a golden trim, the spine reads the floor atlas. On the cover of this book is a gold imprint of the world of Fleur. Skimming it a little, details uh, it details continents such as the one you're on, and smaller speckled islands. Ixia, which presides in the Ardisia Sea. Sonara, which exists in the Carex Seas. Nereen, which exists in the Solanum Seas. And Cilia, which exists in the Gallium Seas. Each of their waters and climates are vastly different from the others and have interesting titles. And you would see that the Gallium Sea is often referred as the Eldritch Sea and Solanum Sea, the Dead Man Sea, or the Gambling Man Sea. And the Carrick Seas also go by the Diamond Seas. Ooh. All right. Some of these sound a bit intimidating. But, hmm, we're going to take a closer look at these sometime. All right, my chores. What am I talking about? I have to go back to cleaning. Okay. Uh, where do you put the books? Do you just keep mm -hmm. hold on to them a little bit? Yeah. You kind of, like, drop them into this little satchel that you have around your uh, waist, um, or around your shoulder. Uh, and you keep all three of these books on you. Awesome. Make sure to read these later. And, uh, where are you heading now? Okay. Let's see. What were the other places? Your mother's room? 
and your room and the basement. Okay. Well, I think he's going to be cleaning his mother's room first. All right. As you um, exit the library, closing the door behind yourself, you wander over to your mother's room. And you notice that it's bleak and clean, which is strange to say the least. Her deep lavender sheets are folded across the bed in a pristine way. The window into her room is slightly ajar, letting a bit of normal and crisp cold air into it. Her silken, translucent curtains flow as the breeze passes by them. Her personal desk is completely cleaned off, and piles of crumpled paper are overflowing in the trash can. Her inkwell seems to be tipped over and completely drained. But overall, everything is extremely tidy in here, besides the trash can. Oh, it is. At least to say, it's surprisingly clean. Okay. Well, helps me a little bit. Maybe she did it before going. Well, the way I don't really mind. Still have to fix that little trash can over there, though. All right. Let's, let me get that done first. As you uh, grab the trash can, overflowing with papers, some of these crumpled papers just have the same name written across the top of all of them. You can just barely make it out through the crumpled paper. Hmm? What's this about? Do you unfold one of the papers? Yeah. Um, dear Cor, I've longed to see you, and I'm gladly awaiting you, my... And then you see the paper is stabbed through, then promptly crumpled, and... All of the other papers presumably say the same point over and over again. Oh, this is interesting to say the least. Oh, but I should not be looking at these. This, uh, 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 uh let, let me let me put this all away. Still have to wonder who that is, though. Someone dear to her for sure, though. Yes, you would. You would just kind of. Pack the name Core into your memory. Um, and where are you heading now? He is now heading to his room. As you kind of take out the trash and dump it into the much larger bin in the kitchen, you head up the stairs, your feet stepping across the padded uh, stairs, muffling the noise slightly. At the top of the stairs, you are met with a doorway. On the door, in your mother's handwriting, is Mako's room. And as you walk in, you are met with everything just as you left it. Clean white sheets tightly strewn across your bed. Your bedside table is littered with mechanical parts that you've scavenged for. They, are, they spill onto the wooden floor beneath them. The blackened curtains are pulled open and a knot at the sides. Beneath those windows is your tinkering desk. To the right and left of your desk are two larger shelves with books adorning their walls. Most of these books uh, are excess from your library downstairs or your personal favorites, mostly detailing mechanical constructs. Um, 
more mechanical constructs litter the top of the desk, but are in more man manageable shapes and sizes, and hung on a hook, a hook, embroider, uh, embedded Jesus, into the wall is a gift from your mother. You haven't touched them very much, but you see these talons with handles embedded on the flattened end. Their razor-sharp edges gleam as they catch the light. They are connected by the handles with a blackened chain that is polished to perfection. The talon edges are razor-sharp razor and give off an almost ominous glow. All right. I love the gift, but, oh man, I don't think I could use a weapon properly. Even if I could, why would I harm anyone? It's not really something I like to do. All right, let me put these de these books in my desk for a bit. Just got to make sure I do everything else, and if I put those there, I won't forget about them. And okay. as you begin to, like, shovel these parts into your drawers, kind of sifting through them, sorting them out, uh, you... It takes a bit because there's a lot of mechanical parts. It's one of your very, very beloved hobbies. Um, you eventually pack them all into your drawers and clean them up. And yeah, your desk is all clean. Same with your bedside. There we go. That's much nicer. Just a little bit more space in my room. Okay, let's see. All right, the books. Let me put them down on the desk, and I will go clean the basement. As you put the books down and turn away, you feel a presence pull at you. Huh? He, like, immediately turns around. As you turn around to where you detected the presence, you're facing the daggers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, okay. Ooh. That scared me a little. Alright. That, that was a little bit creepy, but I'll ignore that for now. As you ignore it, you feel the same pull, but you still can progress down to the basement. Alright. And as you shut the door, kind of looking at the daggers a little hesitantly, um, you see that they shine, before you shut the door. Okay. And as you creep down the stairs, the floorboards creak with every step, almost sounding like squeaks of loud rodents. Twines of light peer out from the gaps of the basement door, and the distinct sound of bubbling fills this area to the brim. As you open the door, the strands of lights grow larger until your vision is completely engulfed in a dull red light. Small empty vials are, with labels are hung up in the, uh, on the wall in wooden racks next to you. Then, in the center of this dull red room, there is a bubbling metal cauldron. You've done this work plenty, uh, but yeah, you see that what you would know to be health potion, uh, like this amalgamation of health potions and vials that are ready to collect those 
um, health potions. All right, well, man, I wonder how much knowledge she has to be able to do all this. Well, I look up to her a lot. Right, let's let's do this first. And he takes a vial. Um, as you take one of these vials, you've done this work plenty of times. Um, give me a sleight of hand check. Oh boy. See, <laughs> okay. See how well you do it this time. This is nice. Okay. <laughs> he rolled a seven. You. Uh-oh. You are used to handling these vials, but after that experience in the bedroom with those daggers, you're kind of a little shaky. Um, you don't know why, but your hand has these tremors in them. As you go to scoop this magical elixir, you kind of fumble and drop the vial to the floor. Whoa, 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 whoa. No! And it shatters, kind of encasing the bricks with this red and sparkling liquid. Ugh! How did I mess that up? Oh, okay. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just off my game today. Huh? Let me let me try this again. I wait. No, I have to clean this up first too. Oh God. Okay. Do this or do the other one first? Um. No, I have to clean this up first because otherwise I don't want to step on any glass or anything. Um. There's a broom in the corner of the room that would allow you to sweep everything up. Alright. Well, he walks over to the broom, he picks it up, and he walks back and cleans it up. You sweep all this glass over into the corner of the room, just to leave it there for a second while you handle the rest. Um, And yeah, do you want to give it another go? Yep. Okay, roll a sleight of hand check Mm -hmm. one more time. Don't do this to me again. What is that? Oh, cool. 16. Um, With a little bit more expertise and a a little bit of self-embarrassment, you kind of urge yourself to do it perfectly this time, and you do just that. Filling this bottle to the exact filling point. Not too much, not too little. And you put that vial to the side. And the other vials are subsequently easy to fill. You just do them one by one until the cauldron is all but empty. Yes. See? I was just off my game for a little bit. I got the rest of it now. Okay. That's what I'm talking about, Mako. Alright, now I need to get that... Oh, what was it called again? Let's see. It was the Smothers Leaf. Yeah. Alright. Well, that's pretty easy. And he leaves to go back up. As you kind of clean up your mess and finish filling all of these vials, putting them back atop the wooden rack, um, all the labels do say health potion and have a price tag on them. So you can assume your master sells these in her free time. Um, Ooh, okay. Uh, but as you walk up, the basement uh, stairs kind of closing the door behind you. You hear the loud, almost rat-like creaks before you're in the living room again. Okay. And you know that the smotherleaf is outside 
of the city. Oh, this is going to be a long way to go. Well, this is the last thing I need, though. All right. Well, I don't think there's anything I need to take with me. I mean, I have my, I have my bag. I do I have my gold. Yes, I have my gold. It's in my pocket. I'm not that. I'm not that dumb. Okay, I'm ready. And he walks to the door. You creak open the door to the cabin, and you begin your journey to enter the Snowshield Groves. And as you close the door behind you, you stroll down the busy streets of Lensifolium. And as you turn to look around to see a looming black brick castle towering high over everything else, almost faded by the horizon in the clouds. Its tall towers piercing through the sky. It makes your scars ache just even looking at it. But and his arms fold up too. Yeah, you kind of fold up. You, you get this feeling of anxiety and pain as you look in that area. But as you quickly turn around, the buildings that surround the castle slowly begin to get smaller and smaller before the era you are in, which is much smaller. You see that there are, there's this kind of bountiful marketplace nearby, and the snow that's drizzling down from the heavens is melting perpetually on the heated walkways. Oh man, it's snowing already. Oh, what am I to talk about that? It's always snowing. I don't know what I'm talking about. Right, right, okay, let's get on task. Um, and he walks through? As you walk through this marketplace, you see that uh, there's hustle and bustle. People of all shapes and sizes, all races and all. Uh, just everyone that you can even imagine is here. You see that the city walls have closed in and ensnared the perimeter. They are 100 meters tall and forged out of indomitable matte black bricks. And frost careens the top of them. It grows ever closer. And as you continue through the streets, these massive walls become almost immeasurably tall, sickeningly so. Um, you see that there are people walking through the gates coming off of train stations outside of Lensifolium. And you even see fortified freight trucks, these lumbering and, like, exuberantly large machines with wrought metal uh, plating across their entirety, these snow shovelers that help them drive through the frost barrens. They just are funneling through, going across the streets to wherever their destinations need to be. And as you make your way towards these walls, you pass by the blur of faces. And as you completely get nearby the gate, you see that everything is clean here. It's pristine. 
which is very unnatural for the places that are just a hop and a skip away. As you reach the gates, the guards nod at you, and you pass through with little to no problem. And as you exit the city walls, you are immediately blasted by the howling winds of the Frost Barons. Your bones getting pierced, like, uh, your bones getting a piercing pain at the joints. You know that the Snowshield Groves are near the outskirts of the city walls, towards the right. It's a small track, but a track nonetheless. Alright, well, sometimes I can never really get used to it. But the things I gotta do... Alright, well, it's not like I can go back, it's not... Well, why would I go back? What am I thinking? Alright, let's keep going. As you make up your mind and kind of shake yourself into this frost, you peer through the bleak white gray snowstorm, and you begin to make out a little canopy, this cone-shaped canopy in the distance to uh, to your right, a little further away from the castle walls. As you trudge through the snow, It feels like heavy molasses as your feet sink in deeply before you pull them out again. But it keeps you grounded from the intense winds. And as you begin to get slightly closer to the snowshield groves, The silhouette becomes more and more clear. As these winds continue to push and push against your body, you make way and you enter the canopy of trees. And as you enter, you instantly feel safe and warm. Oh, okay. There we go. That's so much better. And... The snow and cold seems to melt away in these groves as well. The leaves of these frost-ridden trees form flat, dense shields that block away snow, damaging sensitive parts of the tree. As you look around, you see wild grasses and speckled flowers have overtaken the snow, and the white bark of the tree is covered in decadent moss The undersides of the foliage is a vibrant, luminescent green that shines down like UV rays onto the meadow below. A thriving ecosystem within this frosty wasteland. Sometimes I really gotta take back and realize how beautiful nature is. Well, by the way, I've... Has he he walked through this place before? You've been on this been to this place on multiple occasions yeah. not specifically for the smotherleaf but you've been here okay yeah so he's probably written, written it down already because I know anytime he explores someplace he like writes it down yeah okay well it's interesting to think about honestly but 
Let me not get too distracted. After a bit of walking and searching, uh, roll me an investigation check. Yippee! He's better at that one, for sure. Oh, okay. What'd you get? Natural 20. Jesus fucking Christ. Awesome! Uh, you pass by various wildflowers and various wildlife, such as deers with collars of fur that are outstretched to the uh, sky and down its back like a cape, or various birds that have built their nest in, across the canopy. Their nest built upside down to shield from the violent bioluminescent light. Then it comes into view rather quickly. You scout it from across the trees. Ooh. Atop a mossy boulder, almost breaching through the snowshield covers, you see the smother leaf. It's this. Yeah, you you make it out pretty instantly, and you also do see a man, specifically his boot. You can see on one side of the like. Rock. I think he like right before he sees the guy, he like looks up at the the smother leaf and he's like, "There we go, finally found you. You think you could hide from me?" And then he sees the man. He's like, "Oh." Um, oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Oh, hello, boy. Hello. And he stands off, or stands up, and kind of shakes himself awake. And you see this man with golden hair that flows like seas of wheat down his back and chest. A light hemp rope is taut around his neck, and his skin is a pale gray. His eyes are this beautiful purple that is gleaming. Speaking of which, he is quite literally gleaming. He is wearing That's a black silk weird. blouse that is tied around his muscular frame, and he's barefoot, wearing pants that are in tatters. Mako looks at him extremely confused, like, you see him tilt his head? He's like... And you can see that and in his face, he's just standing there, completely looking like he's confused, and also, like, wondering what is up with this guy. And... and... <laughs> okay. Oh, no, you go on, you go on. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, after that, he... returns back to his normal position, and... Well... What... are you doing out here? Oh, oh wait, well... No, that's, a, that's a weird question, sorry. It's not that weird. Well, here, my name is Eldorus. Seawalk Dragon, Pirate of the Ocean, and I've come to rest in this area for just a little. Oh, pirate? Yes, a pirate. The one and only Eldora Seawalk Dragon must have heard of me at some point, maybe. <laughs> Does he? Um, do a, do a history check. Alright. It'd be really funny if you didn't. 16. Um, yes, you have heard of Eldorus. He <laughs> is this kind of... You've probably heard of him from your master. She's told Ooh. you about a man who used to travel the seas with her. <gasps> and he used oh. to have this ability 
to walk atop the ocean waves. Oh my god! You're you're Eldorus? Uh, yes, I am Eldorus Seawalk Draken. How have you heard of me? From one of my oh. many adventures? I've I've heard of you from my from my master, actually. She told me stories about you, like how you could walk among water and that that's something I can't believe I get to see you. Yes, part of that is because I am a fish, but the other part of that is skill. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. I truly I don't think I could comprehend how you can do that completely, but you are a fish. Yeah, um quite yes. A uh, triton is the correct terms, but yes, I am a fish. Oh, a trident. Yes. Uh, sorry. I f I forgot about that a little. Um Wait, how could I forget about that? Oh my god. Okay. D sorry, sorry, sorry. I got off rambling a little bit. Can I ask a really question? Oh, yes. What is it? What is it? Why are you gleaming? I mean, uh, I don't think I've seen anyone like that. He kind of pats his chest. Well, I'm dead. What? I'm, I'm dead. What do you mean you're dead? I am a revenant. An ash of the sea. How are you? What? What? I've never I, I've never seen something like this before. I I've seen a lot of things. Well, you see, it's a long story, not really. Someone did something to me, and I got very, very angry. So angry, in fact, that I transcended death and became a spirit out for my revenge. What? Yes, That's the goddess of the sea insane. kind of spat me out again. Oh, oh, well, I'm sorry for, well, whatever could have happened to you, I don't exactly know, but I wouldn't press on, of course, it's your personal matters. Yes, yes, of course. Oh, uh, so, why have you interrupted my nap? Oh, right, sorry, I kind of saw you there and I was, Trying to get that, uh, the, 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 and he, like, puts a finger to his shit. Oh, right, no, yeah, I saw that mother's leaf up there. No, Just that thing. Yep, that yes. Yeah. Sorry, that, I'm a little bit distracted. A lot. By the way, did you mention your master? That uh, she yeah. knew me? She is a warlock, yes. Oh, did she know me personally? Is it like one of those sorts of things? Um, uh, I'm not exactly sure. I think so. I, I wonder who that could have been. We'll see when we see. I'll come with you and meet her, because she could be an old friend of mine. Maybe help me track down the person that I've been tracking down. Because oh. unlike the other people like me, uh -huh. I can't really sense the person who I Desperately want to oh. kill. Oh. 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 Okay, that's a little, a little bit uh, intimidating, but yeah, I could see you're. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, the thing about that is, she's a, she's a bit busy. She. Uh, she was expecting someone, and well, she kind of 
went on a Perhaps little... that someone's me. Maybe. Probably. Maybe? But I'll, you know, uh, we'll, I'll come know. with you. I'll come with you. Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, if we have to wait, I would love to write about you. I have my lovely little, little notebook that I love to write in a lot. I will let you note all the things you want about me in that notebook. Of course. Really? Yes, of course. I'll just come invade your home and then see your master. I'm sure she's a friend of mine from when I was more, you know, less glowy. Um, yeah, I would think so. Um, all right, let me get that leaf first. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, do you want some assistance with that? Uh, that would be very nice, yes. All right. And Eldorus is going to, uh, kind of, uh, he gets in this position that's like, He's going to throw you to the top. <laughs> Wait, what are you doing? Uh, uh, I'm going to throw you, dear boy. What? 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 You're going to throw me? Well, more like give you a step up and then, yes, throw you. What? Uh, as long as I don't hit a branch or anything, I... I, I, I okay, okay. I'm sure I you won't. You. Uh, and... Uh, as you step onto Eldorus's open palms, he's going to try to give you a little boost to make climbing easier. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, you kind of step on his feet, and then, or his hands, and he just, like, suddenly, with this rocket of strength, Whoa. pushes you to the top. Oh my god, this is awful. And you, you, for a moment, in a stasis of air, you, um, you're nearly at the top. You're just a, a few more bits away on this boulder. Oh, oh, okay. That was, oh, oh, oh my god. You're doing Three. perfect, boy. You got this. He, he gives him like a little thumbs up. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what I like to see, boy. Okay, okay, I got this. All right, and he keeps climbing. Um, give me, uh, give me uh, an athletics check. Oh boy. All right. What is that? Ooh, Thirteen. Okay. As you uh, inch your way up, you are met face-to-face with the smother leaf. And as you grab it, it almost reactively ensnares your feathers within its grasp. Whoa. It wraps tightly around your hand. And you hear a faint whistling in the distance. Oh, what is Then you hear a loud boom that echoes across the tundra. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that? What was that? What was that? I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what that is. Wait, let me get that. I, I don't like that sound. Um, okay. Okay. I don't have wings. This is not good for me. Can you, it's okay. can you jump get me? Yes, yes. You jump down. Jump down. Okay. Okay. And he lets go. Uh, and Eldorus is going to see if he can catch you. You see Eldorus jumps into the air and spins around, catching you within his arms. Whoa. Oh, that was awesome. I do got a little bit of strength for my 
good old prime days, you know, before the ghostification. Well, uh-huh. let's go check out what that boom was, because that did not yeah. sound good. I don't like that. Yes, let's, let's hurry. And as you uh, begin to almost rush back the way you came, you will breach through the snow shield groves. And you see, as you both cross the tundra, the gates of Lancifolia are packed with hysteria as people are rushing, almost climbing over each other to leave Lancifolia. What? what? What's happening? What? Why are you people... see smoke plumes are erupting from inside of these castle walls as another boom. Ooh, and oh, you see oh. an explosion cracks through one side of the walls as more rubble is scattered from where you can't see. What is happening? What? Is there an attack? Is like, oh, jeez. Uh, what do we do? We gotta get out. Well, only one way to find out what's happening, and that's to go in there. And Eldor grabs you and starts what? running into the, ca- the oh, uh, city walls. <laughs> Come on, be a man. Don't you want to find out if your master's okay? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's do this. And as Eldorus grabs you by the hand, he pulls you into the castle walls, and you breach through the crowd as he's following. People pass you by, familiar faces, just a blur, all have terror across their faces. And as you enter into the sturdy walls, you see that they're much less sturdy looking now. They're smoldering. Fire runs through the bricks like veins through a creature. Smoke and ash plumes through the air, slowly connect together into this ominous black cloud over the oh, entirety of Lancifolium. You not see, good. indeed, it's very not good. I, I don't want to say, but let's find your master. Yeah. Do you have any idea where she could be? Um, did you say? I might have forgotten. Uh, she did, on the note, say that she would be back in a little bit. Well, she said she would be back in a little bit, and I mean, I've already done all the chores, and she must be back by now. All right. Perhaps we should check. Hopefully she's fine. I don't know what I would do. Buildings from your childhood to even your daily life are covered and filled with strange iridescent black flames that flicker with white electricity. Snowy streets are riddled with large cannonballs and the stench of gunpowder is overwhelming. The large black brick buildings buckle as cannonballs are slung from a ship cutting through the ice on the coast of this cliffside village. As you are standing in the middle of this black soot-covered road, you see the castle towards the cliff face, 
The one that you used to call home for countless years of your avian life. You see as it suddenly and entirely is covered in silverish arcana. The windows suddenly explode before the shards can even spill out. Blackened flames explode rapidly across the surface like as if it has used arcana as kerosene. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then, as you're running through the streets following Eldorus, uh, you hear a loud and familiar screech come from a building that is engulfed with the same overwhelming black flames. Wait, let's go in that direction. All right. And Eldorus kind of fumbles around and uh, follows you. And as you isolate where your house er, is, the house you and your mentor and your mother has raised you in is now isolated. The floor has given away. This 30-foot deep gap and 30-foot long gap of bubbling blue magma ensnares the house like a moat. Oh, no. The house. Oh, oh, what am I going to do? And as you peer through these overwhelming flames as you are in a panic, you see this woman with blazing red hair that fades into a duller pink then into a silvery white. She is wearing a white blouse with scarlet red sleeves that creep up to her arms. The blouse is tied in a tight knot under her bosom. Her fit figure is covered in cuts and are growing black around the scarlet blood. Mother. Her blood spills around her hips and are being, uh, which are covered tightly by a skirt. She is dancing around a small, with a small bladed dagger with twisted edges. And she is taking stabs at a figure in front of you. And she turns to look at you and she goes, ah, Mako, Mako. Mother, mother, what are you, what's happening? This, this man who I was quite excited to see before. He's come with other intentions, Mako. And I don't think I'm going to be okay after this. What? No, you can't, you can't say that. And you hear Eldorus go, Oh, Lucimi! Is that you, Lucimi? And your mother turns around and goes, Oh, well, look at you, Eldorus. Hi. What, what are you doing here? Uh, you know, not much. Found your son in the woods and... Uh, you know, dealing, right? Uh, so, do you want some help there? I don't know if I could quite cross this gap. And she goes, nope, 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 nope. Uh, can you take care of Mako for me? What? Um, Eldorus, Eldorus goes, yeah, I could kidnap your son, but, uh... What, what? What, can you kidnap? What, what, huh? Um, and as this... As Eldorus and your mentor are kind of chatting while she's in this battle... This figure and your mentor, no, better yet, your mother, are entangled in this heated battle. You see your mentor glances over at you and then loses her footing on the floor. 
It's covered in cinders and burning flames. Right as her ankle twists, you see this figure twirls their sword high into the air and holds it in two hands. This blackened, twisted blade, looking like a double helix with an Ouroboros embedded on the hilt, pierces directly through her ribcage and spine. Scarlet blood trickles down the blackened blade as blood funnels and is almost sucked out of your mother. And then, as your mother turns to you, she goes, Algoris, you better keep him safe. And... Mako. I love you. And right as she says, I love you, her spine kind of creaks and gives way as she falls limp on this blade. Then you hear, You had to be taken care of, my love. Delir's orders. And he pulls out the sword. You can see Mako standing there. Suddenly, everything around him is quiet. And his thoughts are loud, and he stands there completely shocked and on the verge of tears. And Eldorus goes, you good, you good. I don't think you're good. And he kind of like shakes you. I, th- I think we should be going. And <laughs> you then hear as this figure steps into your view, looking at you. We can't have any good person with knowledge like that run around still alive. And then he pulls out a pistol and shoots into your mother's limp body. No. Then you see as the bullet lodges into her head, her eyes explode with blue fire as she is burnt to a cinder. And this figure steps over the burning flames and looks at you, Mako. And you see this tall and slender man shrouded in black leather-like material that tightly clasps to his muscular frame. Fur juts out from the corners of his collar. His legs have the same leather-like material clinging to it. Navy blue runic patterns run through the entirety of this outfit, and his hair is this disheveled mix of overwhelming white with the navy blue strands that run through it. It sways and covers one of his eyes before he goes, take care of those two men. And he snaps, and then suddenly you are swarmed. Beasts start to crawl out of the flames. Skeletal hands erupt from the flames. They peel out, and on a closer inspection, you see these rotting bodies. Gray bones are exposed from their flesh, 
and their swords are almost fused to their flag. And it's roll always, initiative. Well, you see, oh, if I... Oh. And as Eldorus oh. says, well, you see, he is suddenly strung up. You oh. see, as the noose around his neck begins to tighten, as the uh, end of it lifts behind his neck and pulls him up into the air as he begins to struggle. Eldorus, are you right? Yes, don't worry about this. Oh, it's you're not ready, quite... but... Okay, okay. It, I don't it's... know. That, that's weird to say. Yeah, it's normal for me. And, okay. Mako, roll initiative. You want to know the ironic thing? Ironic thing? What? I started laughing because I got a natural 20. Holy shit. <laughs> Mako, as you are standing here with these overwhelming emotions, rushing through your brain. You feel a spark erupt from your chest. Then you hear Mako. He looks shocked. Mako. What? You know what we must do. What are you talking about? Don't you want to take revenge? Sweet justice, Mako. Who are you? You don't recognize me. He looks around. And I want you to roll a wisdom saving throw. Oh my god, right now! Okay. Twelve. Twelve. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This Uh-oh. mask, this skeletal mask floats and apparates above your head, and it suddenly tightly clings to your face. You see that it sinks into your flesh as it completely connects to your synapses. Oh and suddenly... The talons your mother gifted to you erupt from the burn building oh and fly into your hands. Oh, that's so cool, though. And Adric has awoken. <laughs> oh my god. That was awesome, though. Okay, okay. Let's see. And Adric, you're first. Eldorus goes, that's quite the look on you, boy. <laughs> I think he would, like, turn like turn really slowly towards him. I'm not him. Well, that's new. Well, whoever you are, do, do take care of these fellows before, you know, I can break free. Trust me, I will. And, and he's gonna use. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna be like Eldorus or not, but I wanted to use like uh, tendrils of hunger. Um, what does that is... spell do? It's pretty much the the the, 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 the little arms of Hadar, but I like customize the name. Is it an AOE attack? Yeah. 
Um, it might hit Eldorus. I mean, it might. What uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um, all creature within ten feet of you. Yes, it will hit Eldorus. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, it was either that or the twin daggers. Okay, wait. How do? And the twin daggers. Do I have to roll like the the attack and damage once or twice? Uh, you roll them once. They're it's once. You okay, can just flavor so... it however you want. All right. Okay, then he's gonna use his twin daggers. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, that is not awesome. Fourteen. Fourteen. Hit. That hits. Oh, it hits. Awesome. Yeah. These are very low-level enemies. Okay. Those four damage. Four damage. Mm hmm. All right. As you lunge forward, you streak across these two talons. And you cut into this rotted flesh, and you see black flames spit out from the wounds and caress your talons. And the creature recoils, letting out this unholy gargle as it goes. Ugh. Okay. And is that the end of your turn? Yeah. Okay. This creature is going to roll the hit. No, boy. Uh, does a 16 hit you? Yeah. All right. Uh -oh. Um, you take seven damage. Oh my god, okay. As this, uh, creature kind of lunges forward, the same one you stabbed, it rips its claws into your feathers, streaking through your abdomen. Then that is going to be Eldorus's turn. Oh boy. Get him. Um, he's not supposed to be able to do that instantly. Um, well, you see Eldorus pulls on this noose. He goes, I need to help this boy. And he shatters it. Like you see, he rips apart this hemp rope and he lands Whoa. on the floor. Don't worry, Mako. I got your back. Or whoever you are. Yeah, And right. um, He is going to straight up punch one of these uh, oh ghouls. Oh my god. Okay. Um, you see as Eldorus breaks free from the noose, he nods at you, then rushes towards one of these uh, zombified ghouls to his left. He punches through its chest and rips out its rib cage. Holy moly. All right. That was way more metal than I thought it would be. Not and he bad. tosses the bones into the magma. Nasty, nasty, nasty. <laughs> All right. And that's going to be the other um, zombified ghoul. Uh -oh. I am rolling like fire right now. Jesus. Um, that hits. Get them. Uh, that hits Eldorus. Don't um, get them. And Eldorus takes five damage. Jesus. All right. 
You see as this creature lunges towards Eldorus. It rips through his arm. And you see, instead of blood leaking out of Eldorus, it's this sparkling and apparating green. And that is going to go back to you. Alright. Is the one that, uh, that attacked him still alive? Yes, there is one that is basically on your talon. You mm-hmm. just stabbed it, and then Eldorus just killed one. And there's uh, right. another one that stabbed him. Alright. Well, he looks at this zombie, and after being damaged, he does not like that. He points at this creature, and he snaps his fingers. And then the zombie sets on fire. And the zombie has to roll a dexterity saving throw. A dexterity saving throw? All right. Yeah. Does a 16 pass? Yeah. Still have to roll the damage. Okay. It takes half? Yeah. Cool. Okay, so two. Neat ends. It takes nine damage. That's halved? Or is do I have to? Wait, I'm stupid. Okay, then. <laughs> What's half of that? 4.5. Um, okay, just We'll round five. it up. He takes five. No, we round up. Okay, okay. Um, You see it as you snap your fingers, lighting this creature on fire. It dodges to the side on, on three limbs. It, like, is scraping its knuckle across the stone. But its other arm still is grazed by the fire, turning it to cinder. As this meat explodes off the bone, this creature is incredibly damaged and is kind of uh, just staring at you on one hand. It's a bit annoying when you avoided that, but you won't live for long anyway. And that is going to go to the creature you just attacked. Uh, And that is a 19 to hit, so that hits. Jesus Christ, okay. Well, you gotta roll good for the monsters, huh, Denny? I'm rolling good for Eldorus, too. You take two damage. Oh, okay. And yeah. that is going to go to Eldorus's turn. Eldorus goes, All right, to you. I got you next. And Eldorus is going to... You see as this swirling ball of energy appears in his palms. This <laughs> arcana shifts into a spiraling cloud. Thunder begins to erupt within the palms of his hands. Bermuda's bolt. And he puts his hand Ooh. out, and you see lightning begins to rocket at this ghoul. <laughs> and you see as lightning basically blows half of this thing's body away. Huh. All right. I gotta admit, that's pretty cool. Oh, I do appreciate the praise, boy. But let's stay on track. Question. You see as this creature pounces at Eldorus again, he pulls out his weapon. You see this long, rusted anchor that has been repurposed as a sword. The hilt is feathered at uh, both sides, and a green jewel has been embedded in it. And he parries away the creature's uh, fist. And that is going to go to your turn, Mako. All right. 
Back to his twin daggers again. Okay. Now let me roll. What is that? That is not any better. I am not rolling. Very good right now. Twelve. That hits. Oh. Okay. Awesome. What is that? Five damage. Yippee. How do you do this? <laughs> okay. Well, you see him like stab this right through the middle of this uh, zombie's head and he like slices it all the way down. As you completely gut this creature, it's black flame spilling across your talons. The twin blades, it falls and burns into ash. And that is going to go to Eldorus's turn. Yeah. Eldorus goes, all right. Perhaps you can take the ocean scout now. And um, Eldorus spins his greatsword around. This heavy rusted anchor looks like it weighs nothing within the palms of his hands. And in one strong spin, he completely cleaves the creature in two. Oh my god, he's so cool. Farewell, the damned. And as it turns to ash on his sword, you are left standing there amidst these these smoldering remains. And the remains of your city. <laughs> what are they? What do they have to say now? Probably not much. They are very dead. Anyway, let's go, boy. And Eldorus grabs you by the scruff. Hey, hey, hey. Do not So what's your me. name, Other Mako? Other Mako? That... I am not my brother. Do not call me that. Nah, you're his brother. What's your name? What? What's your name? Uh, I'm stuck with you, is what it seems. My name is Edge. Yes, uh, hello, Edric. I, you may be a fully grown-ass man, but I am now your dad, and I'm kidnapping you. What? What? And no, as Eldorus uh, drags uh, Adric off, you see that he rushes over to the outskirts of the town, and he skids down a cliff, jumping on to his ship. What? 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 Huh? You confused me greatly, and I do not like that. Listen, I may have not promised uh, her to take care of you, but I, I'm gonna take care of you. So, just sit with it, and if you want, bring out the other Mako, or you can sit around and listen to me sing sea shanties, but you're coming with me either way. Ah, uh, things he gets into. I... Don't want to listen to them either way, so you do not have to worry about that. Well, that's quite rude. And I know. Uh, Adric, you switch back into Mako. <laughs> well, what was that? <laughs> well, um, you turned into your brother, and then I kidnapped you. So what? You're mine now. What? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. No, 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 no. 
Go, go back. Go, go back. What did you say? You turned into your brother. He, did he give me your name? His name, your name. That's confusing. No, no, no. You, 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 you have, you, you're messing with me, right? Not really. He was quite the bird. Rough around the edges. No, you, you don't understand. I, he, he's, he, he, he died. He, there's, no, there's, there's no possible way. He may have died, but it seems like he's clung on to you. Some uh, spirits, I guess, can cling on to those whom they love. What? And I guess he chose you. So, good luck with that, schizophrenia man. What? What does that mean? Huh? We'll figure it out, but you have no home or mom anymore. Just a dad, and it's me. Uh, 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 I'm gonna sit down. I cannot do this today. I had enough. You can go into the captain's quarters and relax there. I'll start the ship and go. That would be very helpful. Okay. Don't get okay. tears all over my sheets. I'm sorry. Don't cry on my sheets. I, 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 oh, okay. I'll get you a bed soon, maybe. All right. And um. you see Eldorus begins to pick up the anchor and unfurl the sails. And he steps onto this little metal plate and it's in front of the steering wheel of the ship. You see that the entire ship begins to rumble, and a blue arcana overtakes the wooden planks, kind of filling in the small uh, divots of the wood. And within a second, you hear howling winds burst as the ship is given new life and sails across the Ardicia Sea. Oh, man. A day? A day? I can't have one normal day. First, I go do my chores, I think everything is okay, and then I hear the loud booms, and, and, then, and then the castle, and then the walls, and... And, and then my mother is fighting someone, and, and then there's, there's, there's a dead guy who's somewhere alive, and then, and we, my brother, what, what, oh, okay, okay, oh, okay, oh, deep breaths, Michael, oh. <laughs> what is happening? And as you are collecting yourself, in the room of this random pirate, you view your hometown, Lancifolium, slowly begin to fade into obscurity, into nothing, a smoldering remaining of what used to be your home. Now what do I do? Well... Honestly, I'm not even 
completely sure what I'm gonna do here in the first place. I mean, I appreciate that someone else is gonna take care of me, but I barely know. I barely know this guy, but but he he knows my mom and my mom knows him. So surely it's fine. <laughs> what am I gonna do? This is not good. And Mako, oh. as you are just fully breaking down, um, we are going to switch over to another perspective. Oh. As Mako and Eldoris traverse the seas, time quickly passes them by. Their adventure goes smooth. After a strenuous sailing through the Ardisia Sea, they break through the wintry waters, the opaque fog, and the sea drifts in drastic tones. The air becomes more temperate. The ship now treads waters that are so reflective and translucent they can only be akin to flawless diamonds. The wildlife flourishing below these crystalline waters are captivating. Creatures with gemstones for scales tread the waters next to the ship as it charts its course. And we will now switch perspectives over to our other sailor yet to be made. A starry night sky hangs overhead. So clear that you can almost make out the distant galaxies overhead. Beneath you is this pearlescent white sand that seems to have various pastel lights blinking under the grains. The moon is full, and it tints everything around you with a blue light. And an effervescent white gleam uh, trickles across the surface of the ocean in front of you. The air is chilly, while the ocean breeze carries an intense frost from distant lands. The ocean laps as you're at your feet as you sit there. As you look into these clear waters, you can see your own reflection in them. Would you like to describe yourself? All right. And I will say, it's a much younger you. All right. Um, in the water, you see a young satyr girl. Um, she has this vibrant tan skin and she is on the chubby side um curly pink hair falls down past her shoulders and a small horn sits on her head and of course same pink hair on her head is also on the tip of her white tail and she is wearing this long blue button-up dress and she has a little bow on her tail yes. and then you hear Annette Annette look at oh. this oh. what is it and as you turn around you see this familiar boy with white hair that almost seems to steal the moon with each strand his eyes are a brilliant turquoise and he seems to be staring out at the sea, just as you were a moment before. But now he has come to you, holding a little shell. 
As you look at him further, you see that he's wearing a black coat with golden trims across it. It's high collar, obscuring his face slightly. But beneath that coat, he's wearing a white tank top and tattered blue jean shorts and mismatched sandals of two different colors. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. I know, I, it's, this is so cool. I, I can't believe that islands like this even exist, you know? I mean, you may just call this place home, but to me, this is just like, whoa, you know? Yeah. I hope I can experience the same kind of feeling one day. I'm sure you will. You should, you know what? You know what? I know your brother's joining the Navy, but you should join the Navy too. I mean, like, yeah, my, my mom maybe will, like, have to talk to your dad about it since, like, your dad doesn't want your brother to even join, but, like, your brother really wants to because he, I don't know, whatever's up with him. But, you know, you could become, like, a Navy too, and then we could sail the seas and then be a pirate and be really cool. Really? I would love yeah. to do that. I just don't know if I'd ever be allowed to. Well, my mom doesn't want me to become a, a Navy officer. She's like, oh, Delir, you can't do anything like that. You're such a fickle boy, Delir. No, <laughs> I want to become the strongest Marine, like my mom. That sounds really nice. I bet you'll be the strongest of all time. They'll write about you in books and stuff. Oh my god, that would be so cool. I would be like, I would be like the legends in the books. That would be so cool. That's all I really kind of want, you know? Well, not to be like known like that, but be strong and like protect people. Like you, or like everyone around me, or like my mom, or like, I don't know, maybe my dad. He doesn't really need a lot of protection, though. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Hmm. I'd just love to see the seas someday. I think that's all I really want. I know, I know there's something out there waiting for me. And there is, and I'm sure we'll see it together, and I'm gonna steal you, maybe. But, um, <gasps> well, not steal you, but, like, you know, you'll join the Marines, and then we'll have to, like, mop the decks, and then we'll have to go through training, and then we'll have to, like, get stronger, and then, um, and then, uh, and then, um, and, uh, yeah. Whatever comes after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not too clear on what happens after you mop the decks, but like my mom said that I wouldn't ever be able to mop the deck because I can't stand still for too long because I run around. And I'm like, Mom, I could run around with the mop. And then she's like, no, Delir, you can't do that because you are always so hyper. And then you would throw the mop. And then I was like, no. Uh, you can mop so many decks. I could mop like all of the decks. And then he steps in front of you, kind of blocking the moon his face becomes shaded as he kind of holds out a hand to you you know Ned. even though uh we've only known each other for a short time i really think that we're gonna be good friends and my mom showed me this neat little trick and i think 
that, I want to give it to you. My mom said, only do this for special people. And I think you should have it. And he pulls out a conch shell from his shorts. And he hands it to you. So, what's the trick? Well, if you put it up to your ear, you can hear kind of what it sounds like in my head. Maybe not thoughts, but like, I don't know, sounds. Like when I listen to my mom's conch shell, it sounds like clear ocean waves and sea breeze. And then that... Um, puts the shell up to her hair. You hear crashing ocean waves. This passion incarnate is held within these shells. Within this shell. Wow. That's amazing. And if I listen to yours, like what? Watch, like, since I gave you mine, that means I can, mine will always match with yours. And I can hear yours. And he holds his up to his ear. And uh, what do you think Nanette's sound is? It could be anything. Hmm. I think it would be a soothing sound like leaves um, in the wind or something like that. Yours sounds very relaxing. I'm sure I'll be listening to this a lot. I'm not one to relax too much, I'm sure you know. But, um, I think this is really nice. Yeah, I think so too. I hope we can see each other after this, Annette. Mm. Me too, Delir. Really Want a pinky don't. promise on it? <gasps> of course! He holds out his pinky, and you hold out yours, and you tightly squeeze. And as you squeeze his pinky, you suddenly feel this falling sensation as you breach through the sands on the beach. As the sands shift like a swirling whirlpool, quickly all beauty is consumed by an ever-growing and all-consuming void. You suddenly slam against something hard, as you are jolted awake from your slumber. The tile floor of your room greets your face with its cold touch as the morning sun uh, cuts through your windows. Again? Oh, God. Okay. I'm up. Oh, I'm up. And Nanette struggles to stand up. Oh. All right. Boy, today's the day, isn't it? And as you kind of rub your head and your cheek from the fall, you, you get a look at your bedroom. Your elegant canopy bed seems like it's had a whirlwind within it. Purple decadent sheets tossed around and silks contorting in unnatural ways. Your desk is adorned with your books of cascading colors about various wildlife. And right next to that, 
is a wardrobe dresser adorned with different ferns and feathered out pastel plants. Uh, much like the roots that drape down, poking through your sparkling stone roof. And you see yourself in this tall mirror with edges made out of living mauve wood. Your room is large and sprawling, yet very sparse in furniture. And as the natural uh, light hits your face, would you like to describe yourself now? Older. All right. Well, not much has changed. I kind of forgot to describe this before, but she has very, like, these very crystalline blue eyes. And her hair has gotten a little shorter, actually. And she wears it in two small pigtails. Um, her horn is a little longer, she's a little taller. And her clothing style is a little different, but it's still the same kind of... There's still the same elegance to it. As you kind of, like, fix your disheveled hair, you notice that braced against your wall, uh, closest to your balcony, is your extravagant bow, the silken draw, and also your training staff. So, what's the plan for today? And then that's just going to pick up her bow and her training staff. As you pick up these familiar items to you, you kind of just place them on your back. They they are like they are strapped, um, so they you could just easily place them on your back. Mm-hmm. And as you catch a glimpse of the outside through your balcony, you see elegant waves of pastel pink and purple blossoms that all waver in the fresh morning air through the spiraling canopy. The horizon is a boundless cobalt gradient into a light blue that kisses the completely clear and almost blinding, sparkling Carex seas. The summer warmth caresses you with its gentle touch, invigorating you for a day that you've known to be coming and you've been dreading. <sighs> I think I'm going to be sick. No. It's fine. We're good. It's all right. I knew this day's been coming for a while. It's nothing to freak out about. And uh, what are you? What are you doing? You're standing in your room next to your cluttered desk and open-eyed uh, balcony. Hmm. I guess I'll see like if there's anyone that I could see outside right now. Um, as you look outside, it's hard to see what's on the lower levels. You live in, like, an upstairs room. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you're kind of just breaching out of this canopy. So all you can see is a sea of leaves and also familiar spots to you, such as the, um, the lighthouse, which is just barely in view. I see. I guess I'll, um, walk out of my room then. As you open the door to your room, you see a long hallway decorated with lavender root that has grown too far, and they make their way back into the walls. Glass protrusions in the wall hold star fragments that glint and gl uh, glow brighter as you move by them. 
your feet pittering against the ceramic tile with these swirling, intricate blue and purple patterns. You see your brother's room to the right and your father's, your father and mother's to the left. And past those is the living area. You notice that your brother's room is slightly ajar, which is rare. Um, could I take a, a little peek inside the room? As you peek into your brother's room, you see it's just the same as he's left it. His handcrafted bow displayed sleekly on the desk. A map of the island with several X's drawn over hunting grounds or unst- Uh, unstable lands is hung up on the wall. You remember him being a very vigilant person when it came to his duties or what used to be his duties of becoming captain. Black curtains uh, shut out all light from the room. The bed is neatly set in the corner of the room. And you also see stabbed into the middle of his desk his horn. Oh. It's always been stabbed in his room ever since he's lost him. Right. That's, um, a sight. Well, nothing to see here, I guess. And I'm just going to keep walking into the living area. As you continue into the living area, you see the tile has a sudden shift into... Lavender wooden planks. These purple wooden planks kind of encompass the entirety of this living area. A large circular sofa uh, is contorting around a fireplace with a separation in the middle for an entrance. Sitting there right next to the fireplace, you see your father. This broad-shouldered and slender man. His skin is tightly clasped around his lean physique. He is wearing a fluffy white coat that is cut around his midsection. Lavender baggy pants that are wrapped around his legs and waist. With runes lining the knee area. White hair trickles down into a light pink as it flows past his shoulder down to his waist. And his large and imposing horn gradients into an amethyst purple towards the top. His eyes are this boisterous sapphire blue as they glance at you. And it's still imposing to this day. Well, um, good morning, Father. Good morning, Nanette. Today's, um, very... Exciting day, isn't it? Yes, quite the big day. Your big day. <laughs> Your brother's coming home soon. Oh. Really? Yes. He couldn't miss an opportunity like this. And Nanette. Hmm? You should go do your training with your mother. She's at the the pavilion. Yes, father. I'll go do that right now. 
At sunset, remember to be back. Enjoy your free time while it lasts. Okay. I will. And he immediately averts his gaze, kind of uh, still forming another silken wood bow. All right. <laughs> yeah, he's like whittling this bow in his chair. I guess I'll, um, I'll head towards the pavilion then. As you walk outside, the fierce sun that beamed down upon you this morning is blocked out by the large and overbearing canopies of Lavanella's twisted juniper trees. Pinholes of light breach through the valerium of lavender and pink leaves. They change shape and size as the breeze shifts them around, creating the song only a forest could. The gentle pink grasses still have their fresh coat of morning dew that shimmers as the brief glimpses of light washes over them. Several natural forming pathways cut through the forest in spiraling patterns, wrapping around the feet of trees and working their way around the several large circular cliff face that have homes built into them. Wooden plaques form staircases and ramps that allow entry into different segments of these cliff face homes. You know the layout of Lavanella like it's the back of your hand. You've, you've been raised and hunted in these woods all your life. To your right, there's the training pavilion. And directly down the path is the lookout tower. So you're going straight to the training pavilion? Yes. As you break through the onslaught of trees, you walk down the path. This, the packed ground is this deep mauve that is speckled with star chunks that react with each trot of your hooves. The sound of birds chirping as they rise with the sun fills your ear with their enriching songs. And as you reach the end of this winding pathway, your eyes take a second to adjust to the harsh uh, sunlight beaming down on this clearing in the woods. A circular glade sprawls out before your eyes. The grasses take on this wild and unruly look as blue weeds have taken this particular shine amidst the sea of purple native grasses. A mountainous outcrop blocks your vision from the ocean, but you hear a familiar cry of ocean birds circling the water for food. An arrow suddenly flies by your face before planting against a tree across the woods. Suddenly, breaking out from the bushes, three silk satyr children completely break through the brushes and surround you with their arrows pointed at you. Little oh. fabrics at the end of them to make them duller. Some of them pulling out their staves and little plastic daggers. You see a little girl with flowy pastel hair spin her bow, uh, bow staff around her wrist. And she looks at you in the eyes and she goes, The hunt's on, Miss Nanette, and you're it. Oh, well, all right then. And roll initiative. 
<laughs> I wasn't ready for this one. For this encounter, uh, your HP will not act as your HP, but more of your motivation points. Um, All right. So there is no injuries to be had, and more cool. you're playing with these kids. So, like, even if I use my bow or anything? like Um, if you have I... fabrics on your bow, which I'd say you would. All right, okay. Um, so I got a 12. A 12? All right. Mm -hmm. You see as one of the, these kids who you know to be uh, Kimmy, a little uh, girl um. with these fluffy and flowing pastel blue hair, eyes of amber and intensity, her horn a matching orange with speckles of red. She's wearing these overalls with uh, knees with the knees cut open, along with these yellow long sleeve uh, shirt. She moves in first for the first okay. attack. Okay. <laughs> and uh, she rolls a. What? That's a fourteen to hit. Oh my god, that hits. That hits. Okay. Mm-hmm. Powerful child. Powerful child. Um, that is going to be four damage. All right. She goes, yeah, take this! And kind of whacks you in the knee with her uh, bow staff. Oh, that's a powerful first attack. Yeah, you think so? Well, there's more where that came from. And she kind of like cracks her knuckles. Well, bring it on then. And that's your turn, Nanette. All right. You would know these kids to be uh, Kimmy, Leilan, and Pago. Aw, those are cute names. Um, all right, so I'm going to pull up my bow. Should I describe how it looks or? Yes, please do. All right. Um, so you see a beautiful twisted bow reminiscent of the horn on her head. Um, it is a lavender color, similar to the trees, and there are pink blossoms that still wave on it. There are blue gems that are embedded on the handles. As you this. spin this bow around your uh, wrist, um, you go ahead and make your first attack. All right, that is a 15. A 15? Yeah, that hits. Alright. Roll your day. No children were harmed in this session. <laughs> um, that is four damage. Uh, you leap back, drawing your bow, and you fire one of these fabric-covered arrows directly at... Uh, who are you firing at? Kimmy, Leilan, or Pago? I guess at Kimmy. You fire it straight at Kimmy, and the arrow thonks against her head, uh, <laughs> creating this little red mark on her <laughs> forehead. She goes, ah, nice shot! And she uh, gets ready for her other attack. Um, is that the end of your turn? Yes. Okay. So that's going to go to um, Leilan's turn. Does a... I'm assuming that hits you. That's a 16. Yep, that definitely hits. Okay. And you take 
Uh, five damage. All right. You see Leilan is this boy with shorter red hair that's shaved at the sides. He has these green eyes that reflect their surroundings like a mirror. And his horn is a light red like his hair. He spirals around his bow staff and goes in for a jab with it, kind of using this soft padded foam against your stomach. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but that hurt. Oh, it certainly did. Nice hit. Oh, thank you. And that's going to go to uh, Pago's turn. And you see Pago, this girl with long yellow hair that goes over one eye. Her horn extrudes furthest out of the out of the three, and it gleams with this vibrant pink. Uh, freckles dot wildly across her face and complements her soft hazel eyes. She's wearing an oversized sweater that makes it a little harder to swing her staff, but she opts to spin her bow around and go for a shot on you. But as she uh, pulls the string and lets the arrow loose, it flies past your head, kind of grazing your horn, and thonks against a tree behind you. You'll have to try a little harder than that. I will, maybe next time. Uh, um, don't worry about it too much. <laughs> I will. Uh. And that's gonna go to uh, Kimmy's turn. <laughs> Um, oh god. That's hmm? a dirty 20. Does a dirty 20 hit you? I oh, well, yes, it does. Um, <laughs> I think it does, yes. That's uh, five more damage from Kimmy. Oh my goodness, Kimmy. Listen, Miss Nanette, you may be older than us, but we outnumber you, and we have more energy. That's true. I'm shaking in my... She looks down at herself. Hooves. <laughs> well, my hooves are perfectly still. You gotta be better at that if you're gonna be the chief. And she winks at you, uh, and that's gonna go to your turn. <laughs> Alright. Ooh, I rolled a 21. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> How much damage is that? Not much. <laughs> Only four. Uh, four more damage? Yes. Um, so that is going to completely knock Kimmy out. <laughs> huh? Yeah, you knock Kimmy out. <laughs> uh, um... Yeah, you... You... You fire this arrow directly at Kimmy, jumping back another distance. You fire your bow and arrow straight at her, like, knee, and she just caves and folds. Oh. That was a shot. That was a really good shot. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, sorry. I'll remember this. <laughs> and that's gonna go to, um... That's oh, gonna go yes. to Leilan's turn. Uh, that's a dirty 20 to hit. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And that's gonna be... Five more damage? Oh my gosh. These children are doing better damage. 
Um, and you see that uh, Leilan uh, also kind of opts out to like, he jumps backwards a little bit, uh, spinning his bow around and then showing uh, Pago how to do it. And he fires a this like matted arrow at you, kind of hitting you right in your uh, abdomen. Ooh, that one really hurt. I'm done playing. And you already got one of us. I'm not going down just yet. Really? Really? Are you for real? Um, yes. Praise the ocean. Um, and, uh, that... <laughs> you see, um... <laughs> Pago... <laughs> Uh, Pago... Does a 10 hit you? No, it does not. Um, you see Pago again, kind of trying to take these instructions in from Leilan. Um, she fires another shot that thonks against, like, the ground next to you. And she goes, <laughs> I'm so scared. It's okay, Pago. You have a lot of potential. Really? Yeah. Of course. Uh, uh, and she just starts to cry. Uh, are you... Um, I'll still uh, fight. You and she don't just need to if you don't want to. No. I will. Since you have faith in me. Well, stay strong. And that's gonna go to your turn, Nanette. Um, I feel bad, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hit Pago. I thought it would be really funny if you did. No. no. <laughs> okay. Who are you I'm hitting? Gonna go, I'm gonna go for Leilon. Okay. <laughs> this is so awkward. <laughs> that's another twenty-one. Um, oh my god, yeah, you hit. <laughs> Nanette's out for blood. No! <laughs> Again? How much? Four? <laughs> yes. Alright. As you take another shot at Leilan, you uh, aim these dull um, arrows straight for his shoulder, and it just kind of you hear, like, a dull pop, and he just, like, goes, my arm! Uh, wait, what happened? Are no, you okay? No, I'm okay. Oh. We're just supposed to take these training rounds very seriously. She's not even knocked out, and he points to Kimmy. Well, uh, yeah, I, I figured as much. And that's going to go to um, Leilan's turn. That's a 21 to hit you. Yeah, that hits. Uh, that's five damage. Oh my god. <laughs> you see, Leilan kind of rushes back in, uh, throwing his bow to the side. Come on, Pago, we can just do this. And he, uh, thwacks you against your knee. Uh, oh, I can feel myself wakening as we speak. 
What? I'm... I'm... I, I'm just trying to play along. Oh, I get it. Okay. I just... You just used a big word that I didn't know. Uh... Weakening? Y yeah. Um... See Kimmy right there? Yeah. I... I feel like I'm about to be that. That's oh, what that means. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I'm gonna bring you to max weakening. And uh, that's gonna go to Pago's turn. Pago is gonna try to hit you. Doesn't eleven hit you? No. <laughs> you see, you see, as uh, Pago stands up, she starts to rush at Can you. Can I let it moves. hit me? Do you <laughs> want to? Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. She, okay. So she's gonna hit you. Uh. And she does. Six damage. Um, oh she rushes into you and just like throws her training weapon to the floor and just like kicks you. Oh my god. Yeah, take that. Yeah, yeah. You believed in me. You gave me the power to hit you. I, I did. I did do that. Yeah, you just did that. She kind of like slowly falls to the ground. Oh, is Nanette done? Yep. <laughs> um, as you like, uh, I was on one HP. <laughs> as it, as you give in, you just kind of twirl to the ground gracefully, as if you fully intended to fall to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the the kids who are like they are huffing and puffing, like this is the hardest fight of their life. They go, "Yeah, we did it! We did it!" I can't believe I'm going to be a leader. And I've been beaten. You seem like you don't want to be the leader. <sighs> Not really, but I suppose it must be done, so. Oh, that's sad. Well, good uh, luck. Uh, uh, thanks. And after <sighs> a moment, um,. You can bring yourself up to full hit points, by the way. Okay, cool. You see your mother hops down from a tree, and she was watching the whole bout. Oh. <laughs> and uh, you see this woman with slender yet fit frame. It is perfectly captured. Uh, oh, blah, blah. You see that she's wearing this, like, form-fitting attire that perfectly captures her frame. A pastel purple turtleneck feeds into this long and, uh, this long skirt that reaches all the way down to her hooves. Her hair is the same color as yours, a kind of light pink, and a pastel, uh, lavender. It curls up towards her shoulder before coming to a complete stop. Her eyes are the softer and more lively green than your father's. Very bright blue. She goes, You were very sloppy out there, Nanette. Uh, yeah, I, I'm aware. Uh, you well, must work more on your coordination. I suppose. I mean, it wasn't really... That serious of a battle. 
I suppose you're right. I do hope you'd fare better in real combat. Oh, I'm sure I would. I mean, I wouldn't have to fight any children, so... I suppose you're right. Having children as your... playmates makes going down a little bit easier. Uh, yeah. Well, Nanette, are you excited to see your brother today? Uh, uh, yeah. She yeah. tussles your hair. Listen, don't... I know. I know that you two have a strained, well, not-existent relationship, but he's still your brother. I'm sure he'll be glad to see you. Yeah, I mean, what else did he come here for? I suppose you're right. Either way, I'm proud of you that you've decided to step into the role that you were born for. Thanks. I'll, um, try my best to be a good leader. Your parents will always guide you, but as a leader, you'll have to make some tough calls. And one of those tough calls is practicing your archery. Have you been keeping up with your studies? Yeah, I have been. Really? Then let me put it to the test. And you see your mom suddenly lifts her hand to the sky. She twists her fingers, and, and in them are these opalescent, spiraling white uh, discs. She throws them into the air. Quick now, before they fall. Uh, well, uh, okay. Roll that. All right. <laughs> These are just being thrown at me. Another 21. You hit the first one. Alright. see. And another 21. <laughs> you hit the second. <laughs> um, is, is there another one? <laughs> yes, there is a third. There's three. Oh, okay. Uh, a dirty 20. And you hit the last one. Almost, how do how does it look? You hitting these three discs almost simultaneously. Oh, um, I guess maybe it's kind of like at a point where they're all almost like lined up in the air, and Nanette kind of, um, a little panicked. She shoots towards them. You pierce all three of these discs at the same time. As your arrow funnels through them, it shatters into these shards of gems that trickle onto the floor before exploding. Well done, well done. Well then I fully trust that you've been keeping up with your studies. Of course. No distractions whatsoever. Good, good. Better keep it that way, Nanette. Kind of looks to the sides a little. <laughs> And, um, well, your mom kind of, like, nods and goes, well, 
Sunset is going to arrive, maybe not shortly, but soon. Keep up with your studies and enjoy your free time for now. I know that's a foreboding thing to say, but it's true. When you become the chief, you take on all sorts of responsibilities. You have to put your 100%, no, 120% into the duties around this island, okay? Yes, Mother. I'm proud of you, but your father knows that you have plenty of work to be done before you can become the true chief. Of course. And she pats you on the back. Good luck out there. For now. And she kisses you on the forehead. Have a fun day. Thanks. And Nanette, as your mother kisses you on the forehead, um, she kind of saunters away, uh, meeting up with a group of children and resumes her teaching. I can't even give 60%. I think after her mom leaves, Nanette starts to feel like a weight on her chest a little as like what she says starts to sink in. And I think with that, Nanette's gonna start to head to her comfort spot. As you walk back up the path, leading directly into the town center, you walk past these arrays of cliffs that harbor homes and you go straight forward. This winding path further and further towards the shoreline of the island. The sea breeze starts to hit you as you jump over bush after bush after bush on this overgrown and desolate pathway. The guttural cries of the quartz-beaked gulls that fly above the waters infiltrate your ears. And as the trees begin to drastically dwindle in frequency, you break through the forest and are met with the sensation of the white pearly sand on your hooves. Nanette lets out a sigh as she steps onto the sand. And... Um... I think she is going to look for the shell. Uh, the shell. Um, yes. roll me a history check. See if you okay. remember where you put it. You could do it with advantage, since that's a precious item to you. Oh my. Okay. Um, oh my. <laughs> what? I rolled the same thing both times. What'd you roll? An eight. Oh god. Um... <laughs> All right, I rolled the DC just because I thought it'd be cool, and it's a seven, so good luck. Oh, um, goodness. That's <laughs> about to be scratching my head. As you just completely dig through your memory, you kind of ponder a little too hard. You think to yourself that this is a really precious item, and you shouldn't have left it there in the first place. 
but it is atop the lighthouse. Ah, oh, of course it is. All right, then. I'll start heading there. As you walk along the beach, a little bit uh, to the right, kind of admiring the diamond seas next to you, and the white pearlescent uh, sand kind of getting in between your hooves and your fur. You, your feet connect with grass again as you start to encroach on a cliff. And atop that cliff is the abandoned lighthouse. As you, as you begin to look at this beautiful lighthouse, tinted shards of every color are casted across the surf, every surface nearby including the solitary wooden lighthouse that stays stationary on a cliff outlooking the, uh, the ocean. As you observe this lighthouse that you found shelter in many, many times, you see it's a lavender wood. It's duller than you remember, but it's still lavender. Pink vines spiral and hug the outside of the winding um, winding their way to the pinnacle. You see a tree has sprouted and shot out of the lighthouse. Branches pierce through walls and spread out their wings of leaves to catch the brilliant sunlight. Across the beach, there are various uh, star fragments that are very dull. But as you make your way up this cliff, a slanted hill snakes its way up, and the lighthouse engulfs you in its massive shadow. And you are met with the mauve door that leads into this lighthouse. As you creak it open, you see a large, twisted juniper tree, just as before. Then those branches that were poked outside can be traced this large limb tree that looks like a satyr's horn pointed straight upwards. The staircase is unimpeded. However, there are broken... Um, there are certain stairs that are broken and have fallen to the ground. The tree has made this sanctum a little bit of an obstacle course. And you see sprites, these kind of iridescent lesser fairies that are twinkling in this area, providing small pockets of dim light. This sounds absolutely gorgeous, by the way. Um, Thank you. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> I guess I will start uh, walking up the steps. As you head up the first few steps, you're already impeded by this kind of these broken steps that are a little bit too long to jump. But there are... There's this branch that comes off the juniper tree and pierces through the wall that's just enough to help you jump across if you swing on it. And, well, all uh, right. Roll me an athletic check. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Athletics is not my... Never or you mind. can roll I dexterity. A... I got a 17. 17? Okay. 
as you uh, plant yourself on this step, you leap off, catching the branch with your um, hands, and you begin to rock yourself back and forth before landing on another set of stairs. And the walk upwards is again very calming until you meet another gap in the stairs, this time a branch that crashed through it that's uh, poking through the wall. And uh, just give me another athletic check to just climb over this. All right. Oh, boy. Um, that's a 10. Uh, with a 10, you struggle over, kind of uh, lifting yourself up. You plant your hooves onto the, the wood before jumping back downwards onto the next set of stairs. And... Again, for a longer amount of time, the stairs are unimpeded. Uh, and this time, it you just have to crawl under them before uh, reaching the pinnacle of this lighthouse. And you can just... Uh, you don't have to roll for that. You're just crawling. Um, and as you crawl out from under this branch, you lift up a hatch, and you're atop this lighthouse. As you're standing in this little observatory room, you see this bulb that used to grant light to the seas is now shattered as time has run its course. This vibrant evergreen moss has come to overtake this rim, sprouting various flowers and mycelium that bristle in the wind. And setting right in a clear patch is the conch shell. Oh, all right. There it is. Just like I thought. And then it is going to go pick it up. You pick it up, and you are met with this... As you walk outside, you are met with this crystalline view. This horizon that has no end. Atop here, you can see all of the wildlife that flourishes in the waters around you. Their crystalline scales almost obscuring them. And in the very far distance, you see a naval ship that is heading closer and closer onto the island, the archipelago. There he is. And as you're sitting here, um, what are you doing? Um, Nanette just lets out a sigh as she sits down and she's going to put the conch to her ear. As you put the conch shell to your ear, you are greeted with a sensation not of what you've heard before from this shell. It's been a while since you've listened to it, but as you do, you hear icy crackling as if you were being plunged into the frigid cold. You hear ice and what sounds to be like the dulled muffles of screams. Oh. And then I, like, pulls it away from her ear and kind of just sits there a little shocked. That's... What's... what's going on? 
does he has he gotten himself into? I can't be dealing with this right now. Um, and as you sit there, kind of pondering what Delir is up to, the sun begins to set across the horizon, turning this clear sea into this orange-toned amber. And the sun sets across the horizon. You see, as it dips down below the skyline, the sky turns into this cascading, expressionistic painting. Pastel yellows eat away at vibrant blues, and then those same yellows fade further into an orange. Those oranges melt away into a vastness of a pink before this twilight purple sets into place closest to the sun. Stars begin to streak across the sky like droplets of rain rushing down the juniper leaves. And you see in the distance, atop this lighthouse, smoke pluming an orange light, illuminating the clearings in the forest. And you can only assume this means one thing. Destiny calls, Nanette. Well, it was nice while it lasted, I guess. And, um, Nanette is going to take the shell with her this time as she leaves the lighthouse. As you put away the shell, you begin to leap down uh, past these sprawling branches and these ruined stairs. As you walk out of the lighthouse, this almost intrusive feeling pops in that this will be the last time you see this place. And you progress forward onto your destiny. Oh, God, my stomach. <laughs> As you dreadfully walk back the way you came, the paths you ran moments ago, so excited. You see your village is now lined with torches in the main walkway. And standing right in the clearing of the forest is a familiar figure with long cotton candy pink hair that fans out like a sea of sakura blossoms. He is wearing a black hat with a leather brim that obscures his face and a long black coat with gold trimmings and buttons. Red ropes go from his shoulder down and across towards his hips, tying themselves onto his belt. His baggy pants lead into leather, uh, lead into these leather boots that are cut off below his knee. And they're these custom boots that are made for satyrs. Um, and he goes, Well, hello, Nanette. Ah, oh, long time no see. Yes, it has been a while, sister. It's sad that you couldn't come see me before the ceremony. Yeah, I've just, um, 
needed some time to de-stress. I understand. Living up to our family's name. It's quite the task, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, I'll be leading you to where the ceremony will take place. Just follow me. Okay. You know, honestly, I'm proud of you showing up at all. I figured you'd run. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, in her head, she's kind of like saying, I wish I could. <laughs> but, well, um, there's nowhere else to go. I suppose so. I was lucky enough to have the chance to join the Navy after my destiny was so cruelly stolen from me. Do, does Nanette know how that happened, or? Um, no one's told you anything about this incident. Oh. Um, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what happened exactly? He looks at you with these... His eyes are the same color as yours, but for some reason, they are infinitely darker. It was a minor accident, but it cost me everything. It cost me being in the position that you are so lucky to be in now, Nanette. Either way, that's behind me. I'm making a name for myself in the Navy. Well, um, that's, that's good. I'm sure you're doing great. As fine as I could be. And as you walk alongside him, his leather boots can, uh, gathering the orange light across his leather. You follow Galeo towards the ceremony, the heat of the torches bearing down on you, and their orange lights flicker as the night's breeze pass by the flames. You walk across town. Everyone you have grown up with, everyone you used to stand alongside with, now kneeling before you, at the end of this long pathway, a well-constructed pagoda, built with a cliff at the back of it. The illustrious wood is well-maintained and has a violet-pink vine swirling around the columns that hold the thatched roof sturdily above you. You see your father is dressed in his regal hunter's attire. This white and imposing fur that spikes towards the sky. His frame looking even larger in this light. A golden band wrapped around segments of his horn. <gasps> Nanette, it's your time to join 
the ranks of the Silk Seder Chiefs. This role has been passed down since the days of dawn. And he picks off these golden bands from his illustrious horn. It's your time to don these horns, these guards. And before anything happens, we are going to switch perspectives over to Mako and Eldoras. And that's probably thinking to herself, it's probably too late to tell them that I'm sick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and Eldoras goes, Well, I'm I'm sorry, Mako, I kind of forgot that you're not dead. I, I know you need to eat, but, like, I don't, I don't usually carry food with me. Oh, that does not sound good. Mako, you are starving. <laughs> I should have brought something with me. Oh, God, I am so hungry right now. Perhaps that would have been a good idea. Well, yeah. um, there's an island right there. Uh, let's see. The the lavender one. Well, I'll go to that one. I'll get you some food and I'll bring it back, okay? Yeah, I would appreciate that. You just wait right here and be a good boy and watch the ship. Okay, I got it. And you see as Eldorus throws an anchor into the waters, ceasing the ship from moving. He rolls up the um, the sails and he just jumps onto the water. And you see the water, like, just bends to his feet, and he starts to walk across it. What? All right, I'll be right back. Stay right there, okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. If if any pirates attack you, um, tell them you're friends with Eldora Seawalk Draken, and I will come for them. Um, okay, okay. All right, all right. Stay safe. Okay. Will do. You stay safe, too. I will, I will. And you see Eldorus kind of scatter along the water, uh, kind of riding it like sloping waves, like he's a surfboarder. And he brings himself to uh, Levanella. And you also see that the side he is on is completely barred off. By this large and imposing cliff, composed out of white stone. It sparkles as it bars off entry into the island. And purple twisted trees with these pink leaves glimmering as the orange light hits them. And they spread out from every surface. And you see Eldorus disappears into a sea of trees. Then... Fifteen minutes later, you see him climbing above the branches and the brush of forest. All right. Well, gotta get up there. Gotta get my new son food. All right. Why am I a father now? I wasn't ready for this. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't think I'm even going to be a good father. If that bird dies, I'm going to be sad and maybe cursed. Oh, God. 
Uh, he has voices in his head, and I don't want voices in mine. Let's go. Eldorus, you can do this. Oh, God, Eldorus. Oh, you can walk across the seas, but you can't walk across the cliffs. Oh, mama. Um, and after a painstaking, like, hour of climbing, he reaches the top of this cliff face. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Now for food. And you see as he walks further into the bushes and Mako, you lose sight of him. And okay. as Eldorus kind of meanders around this forest, he kind of punches at the trees. All right, no fruits on that one and no fruits on that one. And what do... Okay, I don't know what teenagers eat or adults eat. Hmm. What did I eat when I was alive? Fish. Oh, I could have got him fish. Oh, well, I'm already here. I've only been dead for a year. It's kind of strange how eating is just a fond memory now. No, oh, well. Oh, wait, what is that? And you see Eldorus is kind of aimed at a little, like, this strange animal with these uh, diamond-like scales interweaved with its fur. It's kind of like this, uh, like... A large anteater mixed with a pagolin. And Eldorus goes, nope, that's the one. And he dives at it. And Nanette, as you are being handed these rings, you suddenly hear, oh, God. Uh, what? And what El you see a man crashes down on top of your father. Uh, 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 um. Uh, oh, 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 God. That was who, quite the forefall. Who are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> My name is Eldor Seawalk Draken, the meanest, leanest, and fishiest pirate on these waters. Uh, okay, well, you kind of just tackled my father. I'd say more than tackled him. I kind of body slammed him from the top of a cliff. Anyway, hello there. I'm nice to meet you. I'm Eldorus. And he sticks his hand at your father, and your father uh, is uh, unmoving. Uh, father? And you see your, you see Galeo look at you and then pulls out his gun. What are you doing? Why have you interrupted this ritual? Back away from our father. And Eldorus goes, oh, God. Well, and Eldorus grabs you, Nanette. Um, what are you doing? You're my hostage now. Be hostagey. What? Scream, scream, <gasps> scream, scream. Okay, okay. Ah, ah! <laughs> yes, if you shoot me, I will hurt her real bad. And trust me, I will. I'm a pirate. Galeo kind of, like, puts his gun to the side and lifts his hands in the air. All right. Just drop her off at the shore and you can leave. And Eldorus goes, How do I know you won't shoot me? 
All right, I'm just taking her. Bye. And Eldorus begins to run. Eldorus, like, while he's running, he turns to you. How crazy is your brother? Uh, huh? What? How crazy is he? Um, not that crazy, I guess. Maybe. Will he shoot me? I... You hear a gunshot um... immediately. Okay, maybe he will. Oh god. Well, out we go! And he starts to book it through the forest, jumping through leaves. And now I'm gonna roll dexterity checks to see if your brother can shoot Eldorus. Okay. Uh, you see, as your brother plants one extremely well-placed shot into Eldorus's shoulder. Oh, you no. see this ghastly green um, mist pours out of the wound and goes, It's okay, I'm dead. What? I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. But I don't want to die again, but I'm dead. You're, you're dead? Okay. Yes, I'm a ghost. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um. It's really cool when you can eat and stuff, but I can't eat and I hate it. Oh, well, I'm very sorry to hear that. And you hear another gunshot go off, and Eldorus kind of moves behind a tree, and you hear the splintering of bark as the bullet implants itself into it. Eldorus goes, he is a good shot. Yeah, it kind of runs in the family, I guess. Can you shoot? Uh, I have my bow. Shoot at him. What? Shoot at your brother. I can't do that. Why? Because... Uh, because... Uh, you can't come up with a reason. Shoot him. I'll be in huge trouble if I do that. Tell him the pirate man said it will kill you if you don't shoot him. Shoot him. <laughs> okay, okay. Um... Yeah, fire a shot. Uh, okay. <laughs> what was that? No. That was horrible. What? An eight. <laughs> um, as you fire a shot, it's very hard to fire a shot on Eldorus's running back. So it grazes your brother and he goes, Nanette, why are you helping him? He he'll uh kill you or very something. painfully very say very painfully very very, very painfully. painfully tell him tell him to back away and stop firing and then i'll give her back maybe uh back away now and he'll give me back you see galileo goes unfortunately i can't do that and he starts to leap from limb to limb of the trees and elders goes what is he superman get him out out! What do you mean? Shoot him! Again! Oh my god. Okay. <sighs> Fourteen. Um, you see your brother swiftly catches the arrow and then throws it back at Eldorus. Uh-oh. It plants into Eldorus's uh, back and it goes, Oh! 
Oh, I think he fixed something. Okay, let's keep going. And what? you see as Eldorus shoots out of the forest with you on his back. Suddenly he is running across the sand. And he starts heading towards the water. Um, uh, what, what's going on here? Well, it seems like I have no other choice but to take you with me, so I'm taking you with me. Uh, we were in the middle of a ceremony. For what? I was, I was supposed to be the leader of the Soul Sounds Saviors. boring. Sounds boring. Sounds boring. Sounds boring. I, I, I guess I never really wanted to be a leader anyway. All right, cool. You want to be a pirate? Uh, um, wait. Doesn't that mean my brother is just going to be hunting me? He's oh, he's a marine. Okay, that explains why he's a freak. Yes, I, I guess you could say that. All right. Well, um, yes. Okay. Yes, your brother will hunt you. Yes, I will. Uh, well, you'll go through pirate training and you'll be really strong, and then maybe you can kick his ass and then come back. Okay. Okay. So pirate time, pirate time. Yes, yes. Well, we're already far enough, so I guess so. All right. And he jumps and leaps into the water and starts skittering around in the water, like rushing at his ship. <laughs> and your brother fires another shot directly into Eldorus's spine. Oh, I think he broke whatever he fixed. Um, and Eldorus leaps onto the ship with you... Uh, next to him, Nanette. And you hear your brother goes, Nanette! If you don't come back, I will hunt you down. That's exactly what I thought would happen. And Eldorus just goes, No time for family drama! And he, uh, gets behind <laughs> the wheel. He's still, like, bleeding a heavy amount of, like, this, um, ghoulish, uh, like, blood. And, Amako, you see all this happening. You just see that Eldorus is just... just landed on the ship with Nanette. What did you do? Huh? I, I was looking for food, and then I got sidetracked, and then I kidnapped a girl. Oh, I know, and you hear his <laughs> stomach growl. Yeah, 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 but like, what? What is happening? It's okay, we'll be fine soon. We'll go to another island. I think that island's cursed. And that's just looking back and forth between them. Like... <laughs> Eldorus puts uh, Nanette in front of uh, Mako and goes, Hello, kidnap child. Meet kidnap child. Let's go. <laughs> and Eldorus plants his feet on this metal and begins to kickstart the ship, this... careening it out of Lavanella. This... Is this something he just does? Yeah, he did it with me. Only my situation was a, a bit more grim. But uh, yeah, what, 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 what happened to you? Um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, he like, he like, uh, <laughs> he like dusts himself off and then he like puts his hand out. Uh, my name is Mako. What is your name? Um, Nanette takes his hand and she goes, uh, my name is Nanette Silkenthorn. Nice to meet you. Uh, it's nice to meet you too, I. 
would you like to explain to me what's happening? Since I don't know what's happening. Uh, alright. Well, I was kind of, um, going through a ceremony to be the leader of our tribe, the Silk Satyrs. Um, what? when... Uh, uh, huh? Eldori! What? What? Uh, you what? see, yeah. as you do turn to go see Eldorus, he has collapsed, and he is, like, leaning against the steering what? wheel of the ship. Oh my god! It's... Wait! <laughs> hold on, I got you, buddy! Um, it's and... alright, just need nap time. Oh. No, hold on, I, 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 I can help you, I have, I learned a bit of healing. Oh, oh yeah, how much do you heal him for? Okay, let me roll it. Ooh, cool. Seven. Um, as you heal up Eldorus, you see only one of his wounds uh, heals up. Um, and he kind of goes, Well, if I died, I'd just, you know, come back on the ship. But, uh, thank you very much. And, um, we should hightail it out of here. Her brother's insane. He's like a superman. You're me chasing us. Well, oh, actually, yes. yeah, that would yes. make sense from um, what I'm, from what just happened to you. But my brother yeah. is uh, part of the navy, so he's a freak. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you made uh, enemies with someone from the navy. I've been doing that since I was born, boy. What is wrong with you? So oh, many you're things. A you're a pirate. I almost forgot about that. Yes, very piratey. And I'm a pirate. And yes, I'm you're a pirate. Down too. And now this one's a pirate too, and he points at Nanette. Uh, yeah. What? I... I've known so many people that were part of the Navy, I wasn't expecting it to turn out this way. And you're just gonna let him do it? Uh, I didn't really give well, her a choice, to be fair. That's yeah. true. And also, to be completely honest, I didn't really want to be in that position anyway. So, oh. I guess if this is my only chance out of here, I'll take it. I mean, I mean that's that. It, I mean, it, uh, you're really in a situation, but I could, I could see why you wanted to get out. Yeah. Um. What... Such a way, though. What, what about you? How did you, how did you end up here? If you don't um, mind me asking. He, like, suddenly, he just, like, completely looks away. Um, I don't want to talk about it. Sorry. Oh. Uh, By the way, while this is happening, Eldor's is going, Yo, ho, and a bottle for me, yo, ho, and a bottle for me. <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> is it not okay? Yeah, I don't I don't think so. He did take a couple of hits from my mother. Yeah, I can see from all that damage. He is seriously a freak. Guns hurt, but what? his guns hurt worse. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. Boy. How do you how do you make guns hurt worse? Oh magic maybe. A magical uh, gun? Well... Mako, do you think you can make me a magical gun? I, I mean... 
If I get enough knowledge, maybe. And maybe food, so you don't die. I don't know how to make that. Alright. We'll, we'll go find an island, get food supplies. And yeah. uh, then starts my journey with you two, I guess. I Yeah, I guess okay. there really isn't any food on the ship. No, I'm dead. I don't need food. I don't get carried. I've kind of been here for a while, then I'm kind of starving. Oh, goodness. What have I gotten yeah. myself into? Not well. the best thing, but it is a thing. And that's where we will end the session. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a way to end the session. <laughs>